I'm learning. That's a good thing too. Yeah, because you're a teacher. That's right. That's why you think that. That's why I, I think it's a good thing. If you weren't a teacher, you wouldn't think that learning was a good thing. Only teachers think that. Really? No. Only teachers. But if you were like a serial killer, you wouldn't care. There might be serial killers who care if other people learn. Just you're gonna learn. <laughs> Anyway, just went to a dark place. Allison's here. I'm here. Welcome back to Allison and Eric Read Through the Bible. And friends. And friends. And friends 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 and friends. I want the t-shirts to just say and friends and friends and friends and friends. No chip and Eric at all. Just and friends. And friends and friends and no, it has not and friends. That's not what I said. And friends and friends and friends and friends and friends and friends. No. T-shirts don't sing. It's that kind of inside the box thinking that's killing this country. <laughs> it's my fault. Yeah. Anyway, oh. guys, it's day nine. Speaking of uh, inside the box, think that's not good. Chip's not here. Okay. Uh, today's day nine, and we are going to be reading Genesis twenty-two, or excuse me, twenty-three and twenty-four, and John five twenty-five through forty-seven. Wow, aren't we just? Yep. Okay. Okay. I will go first. Okay. Abraham's. Nope, that's wrong. You said 22. It threw me all off. Okay. Uh, is it not 22? It's 23. I'm sorry. 23 and 24. But okay. then you you said 22. Then and you I said, nope, it. 23 and gotcha. 24. Okay. But in my world, the way I live, even if somebody corrects a mistake, I only know what they did wrong. It's still there. Yeah, mm -hmm. forever. You mm -hmm. can never, yeah, absolutely. It's healthy. So I will tell you this after the pro the podcast is, we're done recording, but you are canceled. <laughs> okay. For that statement you made earlier about Genesis 22. <laughs> The Burial of Sarah, Genesis chapter 23. When Sarah was 127 years old, she died at Kiriath Arba, now called Hebron, in the land of Canaan. There, Abraham mourned and wept for her. Then, leaving her body, he said to the Hittite elders, Here I am, a stranger and foreigner among you. Please sell me a piece of land so I can give my wife a proper burial. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Listen, my lord, you are an honored prince among us. Choose the finest of our tombs and bury her there. No one here will refuse to help you in this way. Then Abraham bowed low before the Hittites and said, Since you are willing to help me in this way, be so kind as to ask Ephron, son of Zohar, to let me buy his cave at Machpelah, down at the, field, at the end of his field. I will pay the full price in the presence of witnesses, so I will have a permanent burial place for my family. Ephron was sitting there among the others, and he answered Abraham as the others listened, speaking publicly before all the Hittite elders of the town. No, my lord, he said to Abraham, please listen to me. I will give you the field and the cave. Here in the presence of my people, I give it to you. Go and bury your dead. Abraham again bowed low before the citizens of the land, and he replied to Ephron as everyone listened. No, listen to me. I will buy it from you. Let me pay the full price for the field so I can bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My Lord, please listen to me. The land is worth 400 pieces of silver, but what is that between friends? Go ahead and bury your dead. So Abraham agreed to Ephron's price and paid the amount he had suggested. 400 pieces of silver weighed according to the market standard. The Hittite elders witnessed the transaction. So Abraham bought the plot of land belonging to Ephron at Machpelah near Mamre. This included the field itself, the cave that, that was in it, that it, yeah, and all the surrounding trees. It was transferred to Abraham as his permanent possession to the presence of the Hittite elders at the city gate. Then Abraham buried his wife, Sarah, there in Canaan, in the cave of Machpelah, where Mamre, also called Hebron. So the field and the cave were transferred from the Hittites to, the, to Abraham for use as a permanent burial place. Genesis chapter 24, a wife for Isaac. 
Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, Take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of those local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, But what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No! Abraham responded, Be careful to never take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions, and then he loaded up ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master. And he traveled to distant Aram Naharaim. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside of town. It was evening and the women were coming out to draw water. O oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, he, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring and the young women of this town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. And I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too, let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebekah coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who lived, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Rebekah was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to the servant, running over to her, the servant said, "Please give me a little drink of water from your jug." "Yes, my lord," she answered. "Have a drink." And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, "I'll draw water for your camels too, until they've had enough to drink." So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. The servant watched her in silence wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then, at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Whose daughter are you? he asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I am the daughter of Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. And yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, he said. The Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban, who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist, and he had heard Rebekah tell what the man had said. So he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, Come and stay with us. You are truly blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing here outside the town when I have room all ready for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the cam camels, gave him straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then food was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I've come. All right, Laban said, tell us. I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. 
When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me take an oath. He said, Do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, What if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, The Lord, in whose presence I have lived, will send his angel with you and make and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. Then you will have fulfilled your obligation. But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you will be free from the, my oath. So today when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside the spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, I will draw water for your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. So I drank and then she watered the camels. Then I asked, whose daughter are you? She replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel and my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. So I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. Then I bowed low and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's niece to be his son's wife. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and I will know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here is Rebekah, take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard their answer, he bowed, he bowed down to the ground and worshipped the Lord. Then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and clothing, presented them to Rebekah. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they ate their meal, and the servant and the men with them with him stayed there overnight. But early ne the next morning, Abraham's servant said, Send me back to my master. But we want Rebekah to stay with us at least ten days, her brother and mother said. Then she can go. But he said, Don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, We'll call Rebekah and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebekah. Are you willing to go with this man? They asked her. And she replied, Yes, I will go. So they said goodbye to Rebekah and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The women who had been Rebekah, who had been Rebekah's childhood nurse, sorry, the woman who had been Rebekah's childhood nurse went along with her. They gave her this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her servant girls mounted the camels and followed the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebekah and went on his way. Meanwhile, Isaac, who was home in the Negev, had returned from Bier Lahai Roy, had returned from Bier Lahai Roy. One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is this man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked she asked the servant. And he replied, It is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Okay, and now we Good. jump forward. To John five twenty-five through 47. Okay. And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, 
and those who listen will live. The Father has life in himself and has granted that same life, giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will. Witnesses to Jesus. If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. But someone else is also testifying about me, and I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist, and his testimony about me was true. Of course, I have no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so you might be saved. John was like the burning was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe the one he sent to you. Believe me, the one he sent to you. You search the scriptures because you think they'll give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive eternal life, to receive this life. Wow. Your approval means nothing to me because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my Father's name, and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe. For you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Yet it isn't I who will accuse you before the Father. Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses, in whom you put your hopes. If you really believed Moses, then you would believe me, because he wrote about me. But since you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? And that that is is our our reading today. Today! Today! Oh, that was way better. Uh, Okay. So... Allison, you know the questions. I do. How does this help me love God more? And how does this help me love others more? That's right. So how does this help you love God or others more? Well, first, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Moses will accuse you. Yes, Moses is whom, in whom you put your hopes. If you really believe Moses, you would believe me because he wrote about me. When he says Moses will accuse you, is he talking about a law? Yeah. So, you know, later on in Paul will in Paul's writings, especially in Romans and Galatians, we'll read that. You know, if you choose to live under the law, then that's the standard by which you'll be judged. judged. Right. Okay. So yeah, Moses himself will judge you. That's what. Okay. So that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. So I think I. Um, I think. Mm, I don't know which this goes under. Um, let's let's put it under how this helps me love others more. Okay. We'll put it under that. But I don't know if that's true. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's one way to go about things. We uh, we don't have many rules on the podcast. <laughs> we do have like a general bent towards truth. It will be truth. Okay. I just don't know what which category it falls okay. under. Okay. Well, that's fine because they're supposed to be tied together. And it'd be be tied together a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's good. Let's do it. Um, I I was uh, drawn to where he says. Um, where Abraham is telling his servant to go um, find a wife for Isaac. And I love that he said, um, for the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants, and he will send an angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. So the servant questioned, what if I can't find somebody? Yeah. And Abraham was 
100% sure, well, you will, because God will send an angel ahead of you, um, and and you will, and, and he's promised to bring me here, and he promised to do this. He's gonna he's gonna take care of it. Um, then that servant goes on, and goes to the the well, and he prays. And it's just watching him, the way he worked and mm-hmm. how he prayed through every step. Then he went to the family and was like, listen, I prayed about this. My I, my master Abraham said that God said this will happen. Um, I think what I'm getting, the point I'm getting to is the example that is being set for other people. Okay. Um, because then the family, I mean, you're giving your daughter away, like... You know what I mean? Was it a daughter or granddaughter? Yeah, da- okay. Well, yeah. Niece. Like, did they go to Laban's house at some point? Yeah, they went to they went to Laban's house. Yeah. That's his niece, right? No, that's Abraham's grandniece. Right. I thought Laban was the uncle. Laban's not the uncle. Uh, whose daughter are you? Oh, Bethuel. Yeah, Bethuel. yeah. Okay, yeah. Bethuel. Bethuel's. Yep. Yeah. And then Nahor was the grandfather. So the example that they were setting, yeah. you know, we prayed about this. Abraham's trusting God about this. And they're like, okay, well, obviously this is, you know, this is from God. I guess what I, makes me love others more is I love how we are, we have an opportunity every single day to, to show um, our faith in God and how we trust God. Um, and when we follow through with obedience to God in front of other people, mm-hmm. um, that is, can that can really set an example better than anything we can say right yeah if they see us living for god living in obedience living in faith god said he would give me the land god said he would do this go the angel will go ahead of you it's going to work out well then that servant's like okay you know yeah i think well you know abraham famously the father of faith right and um i think I'm with you. I, I do think it is about loving others because it kind of makes our love toward others very purposeful. Right. Like our faith is contagious. Yes. You know, and the yes. more faithful we can be and the more opportunities we let people see God fulfilling our needs and our faith needs, you know, then the more their faith can grow based mm-hmm. off of that. And I think that is a great way to love others is to just let them witness your faith. Right. That's what a testimony is. Right. Like we right. have this testimony. And so I think that that's a great way to love others more is to let your faith be contagious to them. Let them see. Not only that, look for their faith, too. Yeah, totally. Be, be the person that's watching for when someone else is being obedient to God and how that plays out. Because Absolutely. then that builds your faith. Yep. You know, I love it. Uh, how, Laban, is... Laban was Rebecca's brother. Bethuel was the dad. Bethuel's the dad. Yep, and Laban is Rebecca's brother. Laban is Rebecca's brother. So then, when, um, so then when we go ahead to to Joseph, he goes back. To Jacob. Jacob. I'm sorry, Jacob. Yep. Jacob goes back and marries Laban's, marries kid. Laban's kid. Yep, his cousin. Gotcha. Okay. Gross. All right. I know. <laughs> How does this help me love God more? Well, okay. So it goes along with what we were just saying, and just like an act that we can do to love God more is just understand that like we don't need to take the reins on any of it. I love how vehemently opposed Abraham was to letting Isaac go to that place. Isaac has never been there, and Abraham's like, he never will be there. Mm-hmm. You have to promise me that you will never bring him there. He's like, I'll free you from your oath. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have a wife, I don't even care. Just mm-hmm. never take him back there. Mm-hmm. Never take him back there. And, um, you know, and that just shows like God said that this is going to happen. He's going to give us his land. Mm-hmm. God said it. So just no matter what you do, 
you can't try to circumvent the plan of God. You right. can't do that. And I just love how vehemently he's opposed to trying to go around God's plan. Where was this when he's sleeping with Hagar? You know, like he, this is an obvious character growth that we are seeing right. in Abraham. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Is that, hey, no, uh, I've learned. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me, servant When he says dude. he's going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, servant guy. Like he's going to do what he said he's going to mm. do. And he said he's going to give us this land. So mm. uh, we are, yeah, we're not going to go trying to go yeah. back to that place. And yeah, so I think that that is a great thing to do to love God more is to trust what he has said, trust mm -hmm. his plan, and don't try to take the reins ourselves, mm -hmm. right? We look at Abraham in Genesis 16 with Hagar and we're like, oh, why didn't he just trust the plan? And then we totally miss here in Genesis 23 that he he learned that. Yeah. I got to trust the plan. He grew I got to trust right, the plan. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's what I think to love God more. Um, we can trust God's plan. And look, he did it. He did. He did mm -hmm. it. So just another way for us to know that we can trust God's plan. And now we just do the act of trusting God's plan. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Well, yep. I got to go. I'm, uh, I have a, a meeting. I'm taking an oath later. So I got to get my hand up under some thigh. <laughs> <laughs> that... <laughs> Because that means, yeah, yeah, like, oh, your hamstrings, yeah, trust you. Feel my hamstrings and know that we have an oath between us. This is for real. Imagine signing your mortgage, and they're like, "Okay, put your hand under my thigh. Now initial here. <laughs> here's my sandal. What is that in? That's in Ruth. Oh yeah, here's that's my sandal. Yeah, here's my sandal. Oh cool. Should I put this under my thigh? Yeah. Do Let's whatever you want with really it. Really make sure that it's solid. Yeah. Put get my, it on those hammies. Put my <laughs> my sandal under your thigh. Yeah, get my sandy under your hammy. That's what they used to say. It's a big Hebrew phrase they didn't that say they used that. to say all the time. Is that going to go on the t-shirt? <laughs> put my sandy <laughs> under your hammy. No, I don't think it will. <laughs> I think somehow we're going to manage to avoid that. Yep, I think that's enough for today. I want everyone on Facebook to to comment somebody that they trust enough that they would say. Here's my Sandy. Put it under your hammy. Who do That's you what, trust? Yeah, who do you trust to that say much? That too? Mine obviously is Chip. Oh. I would let Chip put my Sandy under his hammy would you? anytime. Would yeah, you? As long as we're talking sandals. Yeah, not my sandwich. Not your sandwich. No. That is crossing a line. Yeah, sandwiches are meant to be cold and, and hammies will just warm up a Sammy mm -hmm. so fast. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Let us know who you trust. Who do you trust enough to <laughs> put your Sandy under How the hammy? How did we get here? <laughs> there's no roadmaps. Folks, there's a winter storm rolling in, and I think it's making Eric and I a little uh, Also, this is my fifth reading today. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But I love it. I do, too. I I don't fatigue from this. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. In fact, as I was reading earlier, I was like, I wonder what people would do if I just sat down and read a whole book of the Bible and posted it. I don't know. Maybe they would. Because I like reading the Bible out loud. It's the only way I can read it, because I don't concentrate. That's good. Anyway, That's a good bye. Reading, bye.